Welcome back in everybody to a very exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined today by an incredible guest. We have the creator and director, Tiasha Ferme, who is part of Transforma Theater's presentation of Iodapted. It's playing September 9th through the 24th at Culture Lab in Long Island City. Tickets and more information can be found at eventbrite.com. And this is a fascinating show, and dare I say, a fascinating experience. And when you learn more about the show, you'll understand why I say that. But let's go ahead and bring on our guest to tell us more. Tiasha, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy you were here. I've been having an absolute blast chatting with you. I mean, oh my gosh, this, this is the kind of conversation I wish that I'm like, maybe I should post the warm-up conversation because it's been an absolute blast getting to know you and starting to talk about your show, Bioadapted, which is just incredible. Not only in just the story that it's dealing with, but also in the incredible technology that it's using. So first, can I ask that you tell us a little bit about what Bioadapted is and is about? Absolutely, be happy to. Bioadapted is really about artificial intelligence and partially even written about artificial intelligence. When I say that, I mean GPT-3. And as we're getting into this full production, we're actually going to be using GPT-4. We've built an avatar so that the audience can actually interrogate GPT-4 live in person. This show is basically like a mosaic. It's partially based on real transcripts of what scientists and different media artists have said, based on different interviews, such as the whistleblower, Blake Lemoyne, and different fictional pieces. So we basically have, and I'm going to go more into it, but it really started with when we commissioned Alexis Roblin to write a play about Heidi Boivert's work for Science and Theater Festival. Heidi Boivert is doing an incredible research and she's basically developing a media genome and, you know, including all the biofeedback and this is actually lab work as well as uh, questionnaire work. And, you know, this is with the idea to basically increase empathy and increase understanding about human beings as well. And so create social change. But obviously, you know, like there's the dark side of it. So if we're creating biomedia, so a media that's really designed for you so that you understand it, it can create a lot of actually disconnect. Right. And uh, there's a lot of space for manipulation. So. After the talk back, after seeing the play, you know, once I was reading and watching the transcript, watching the video and reading the transcript, I was like, oh, my God, this is a play. You know, naturally, I'm kind of like inclined towards meta theater or theater of absurd. So, you know, the fact that, you know, like the conversation about the play is as provocative, if not more provocative than the play that just like. I don't know. It blew my mind and I really wanted to work with it. Um, And yeah, so we really started working with GPT-3 in February 2022, basically like eight months before it actually came out. Wow. That's incredible. Whoa. So where did the idea of creating the show or creating the story originally come from? Yeah, that the transcript. 
the transcript of Science and Theater Festival. And then I was working with this incredible young artist who actually pointed me to the substack, what's previously been published about GPT-3. So I read, you know, a few plays and one of them was James Yu, who basically created Singular, Possible Futures of the Singularity. So kind of like based on Ray Kurzweil's idea, you know, what will this look like once humans and machines in some way merge, become indistinguishable from one another in near future, maybe 2050. And so he created three different scenarios of what this could look like. And, you know, immediately we've connected to James Yu, got the rights to the play, created a a reading of it. And then I really started like, you know, threading, (laughs) threading the text uh, between, you know, what are these emerging patterns between the transcripts, between the real life interviews, between uh, Singular, between Alexis Roblin's affinity. And then there were a few moments where I was like, well, this really calls for an embodiment of this of this theoretical idea of what you know a particular theory could look like. So we've also worked with a super famous neuroscientist, Moran Cerf, who whose research is really uh, well. He talks about a lot of things about free will, but mostly I'm super interested in his enhancing human senses. And so it's his idea, you know, what could happen in the future that, you know, uh, a human could get linked to their car and all of a sudden feel when uh, the fuel is low, they're running low on gas. And so I kind of like explore this and wrote, you know, a retro futuristic crazy comedy piece about that. And so this is how really the play came about from all these different sources, but always looking for how to braid it together, like I said, into like larger emerging patterns. I don't want this play to be from one side only, from one angle only. I'm interested in asking a lot of questions and presenting a lot of different points of view, because I think this is what it's doing. Where The the goal is to, to have everybody think for themselves. How do they feel about this? What are the stakes for them? How do they want to influence this debate? And I think that, you know, the debate about this is now. That's why a few months ago, there was this like open letter by all these actually really the developers of GPT-3, GPT-4 and beyond to kind of pause the research just so that we can really get into the ethics of it. Because, you know, the technology is always kind of like like a crazy horse, you know, just go, 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 mostly in, 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 in favor or, you know, propagating corporate greed. And nobody ever stops and says, well, what is this actually doing to us, to humans, to our society, to our planet Earth? So I think this was really necessary, you know, whether that's actually happened or not, I don't know. You know, I've been kind of like going down the rabbit hole researching this and I don't know where we've landed, but it seems like, okay, okay, so maybe it it did happen. And I think that, you know, it's not just about few moguls and a few people who are developing this technology to go, you know, to to the White House and talk to the President Biden. I think it it takes all of us, which is also something that's, you know, that the SAG after strike, the WBGA strike is all about basically bringing this to to the hands of humans, democratizing the choice and the tools of knowledge. Anyways, I just went crazy on this, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I see, but I love the the tangent or or the rabbit hole that it can lead to or the discussion that the show leads to. Now, I want to ask, what has it been like developing this show, especially with all the technology that you're using? You know, you've got these, I'm going to butcher the name. Is it Heptic Vest? 
haptic vest. Haptic yeah. vest, and then you've got the 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 headset. EG headsets. Yeah, I mean, this is incredible. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been it's been the most exciting thing ever. Like I live to do this. Look, you know, at the beginning, the idea was to really like take the EEG headsets and have basically somebody's brain waves manipulate a movement of another actor through space. This is almost like, you know, a, a metaphor of mind control, right? Who's controlling who? And, you know, at first we were talking about basically creating human marionettes and flying people through space, which is completely possible. It just requires a lot of funding. And it's okay. We've decided that, you know, first of all, this AI topic is so rich and so fastly developing that really we can create a sequel about this every single year. And we'll work incrementally towards, you know, wilder and wilder technical explorations. But the stage that we're at, at right now is that we're basically using EG headsets to send signals to a haptic vest. So one actor with the power of their brainwaves, or rather, you know, just the brainwaves are influencing the felt experience of a different actor. And they're then moving through space according to that vibration. In the workshop production that we did, we basically figured out that every brain pattern can be basically translated into a letter, a letter that's haptically placed or vibrated on the other actor's torso. So once the other actor feels that, they have a particular choreography that kind of corresponds to the meaning of the brainwave that's informed that impulse. So you, you know, you have basically brain-computer interface uh, between two actors on stage. And yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, something that I've learned in, in working with Transforma and working with technology we think that using technology is a quick fix, that it's a shortcut, but it's never so. It's really complicated. You know what I mean? One of my favorite video designers said, well, I build the thing, you know, I use 30% of the time to build the thing. And then I use 70% of the time to try to break it, to basically figure out how to troubleshoot and how to work with this technology. And so, you know, my most important lesson that I've taken away from learning with the technology is that you have to move in steps. And that, you know, in May, we did a workshop production in order to sort of like figure out the tech pipeline to see what else we can develop in two months, which is now that's coming up in September for the full production. And to basically see the integration between text and tech. And yeah, you know, I, I love that. I love the the slow burn and the opportunity. You know, I have to I have to say that, you know, working with Culture Lab, LIC has been incredible, that they're, you know, big supporters and they're championing our work and they're the best partner we could hope for. Basically, we've gotten a residency there for the entire 2023. So, you know, all the rehearsals, all the development, the workshop production, full production, they're all taking place there. And obviously, like, if, if you're developing something that takes such a long time and so many resources, you need a resource like that. You need a supporter like that. But, you know, like I said, it really started in February 2022. <laughs> when you know, when we found what James you really written and, you know, he's a, he's a tech guy from Silicon Valley, who's also an author. And at some point he was like, he really wanted to create an AI system as a writing buddy. So when you kind of get like a writer's block, you know, like the system can help you with some 
um, ideas. And so he took open AIs, which, you know, it's called open AI because it's open source and you can plug it in different, different programs and versions and use it for yourself. So he created Pseudowrite, which is the writing buddy program. And uh, that's how really the, the singular possible futures of the singularity came about. Amazing. It's amazing. I, oh, mm. I love this. I love this. I'm geeking out over all of this. I'm not a tech guy, but I'm geeking out over this because I'm like, oh, look, I now know how something or originated. Like I'm living through something that's originating in the theater, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Go- if I can add, I think that, you know, like theater is a huge tool of connecting people, teaching people. communicating things with people, experiencing communal, profound emotional states, learning together. So, you know, theater really is the right platform for a lot of these knowledges to congregate. So, you know, I think we're one of the rare companies that's really almost like a tech accelerator that's, you know, inventing something for the sake of theater. But I think, you know, because theater is such an um, effective communication tool, it's almost like it's obvious. It's like, of course, you know, the playwrights that we have previously worked with were like, you know, this blew my mind. I always thought them bad at science. But now that I'm basically writing something that's based on science, but it's, you know, through my own talent and my own way of how I understand the world, this makes so much sense. And I feel like now I can reach all the other people that also think they're bad at science because I can present it in a way through a story that's relatable. I love that. Yes. Well, with all of this going on, with all this great source material, with all this great technology, what is the message or the thought that you're hoping that audiences will take away from this show? I want them to have a felt experience about all these different angles of the AI and how humans can be impacted. And then I want to empower audiences to make their own choices and know what they stand for. I want, you know, it's not that I want to open their eyes. I don't know if I want to open their eyes, but I'm offering an opportunity to explore a particular theme together that's very topical these days and a burning theme, you know, about artificial intelligence and how it's changing everything and how it's changing us from the inside potentially. And, you know, offering an opportunity to look at it from many different angles so that, you know, people... And in within 90 minutes, get a lot of input and walk out, you know, thinking about this and how this is influencing them, even though if let's say, even if they're not SAG after actors, if they're just regular human beings, but you know, this will affect us, this does affect us in the way how we consume information, surveillance, medical, do you mean like, already people are are using a lot of augmentation stuff there's uh the the brain link you know connecting organs to rewiring stuff in the brain so that when that body can no longer move you basically have a bypass in the brain that makes your body move in which you through muscles cannot so yeah it's basically i think it's ubiquitous and this is what we're trying to show that it's ubiquitous and that you kind of have to like know that it's coming for you and know what to look for, how to be careful, how to educate yourself, and how to equip yourself to be functional. Okay. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. 
I haven't even seen the show yet. And I'm literally like hanging on every word you're saying right now. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> I love this. Thank you. Thanks so much. Well, you're my awesome. final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to Bioadapted? Everybody, like literally everybody. Traditionally, traditionally, I would say that, you know, people who are interested in tech developments, people who are sort of like media artists, there are somewhere between science, technology, innovation, and arts. And then, of course, artists that have been looking for something new and uncharted, they have traditionally been our audiences. But I really think that this is a kind of thing that everybody would benefit from seeing it. I would say maybe actually like, younger people well older too but you know younger maybe from a perspective that you know I've talked and gotten some quotes from my actors right how do they feel about technology and one of them said you know like I grew up in this world I'm a gamer I don't doubt it I don't question it it's just everywhere but now the show has put me in a position of sort of like oh wait a second it's not always been this way. And what does this really mean? You know, what's the data that I am exuding with my every step? So I just feel like, you know, everybody has like a layer that's not, that they're not seeing. And I think that this show is really good in sort of like pointing out all of our blind spots from many different sides. show we'd love to let our listeners get to know our guests a little bit better and i want to give them the opportunity to do that now and i want to start by asking you what is your favorite part about working in the theater oh my god the high theater is the high period that's it (laughs) and of course like i've always wanted to kind of like live in a hippie commune to be perfectly honest and the theater community has always gotten to fix you know I guess like the reason why I prefer theater to film is that you spend so much time together that you know you're closely interwoven almost like a family but family of choice and you know pursuing a creative endeavor so yeah I'm just in love with that you know process I love that I love that what are who inspires you what are some of your favorite playwrights, composers, or shows that have inspired you or some of your favorites from the past? Mm, Yeah. So, okay, so I'm Slovenian. You know, I grew up there. And I remember being in Slovenian theater and just, like, looking at those actors like they were gods. And I have to say that when I think of my favorite theater experiences, I still think of European theater. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because I feel like in America everybody's always trying to perfect the canon, how to make a perfect play. And I think in Europe, we're trying to break it. Like we are trying to like tear it all down and invert it. And, you know, being very creative in doing so and definitely not looking for perfection. And so, you know, there's a Slovenian director, Yernair Lorenzi. He's the director of probably up to this up to today, my favorite theater experiences. I will say that going to Under the Radar, RIP, and, you know, New Wave at BAM has been the source of inspiration in New York for sure. But, you know, most of the shows that I've seen there were also European. 
I'm sorry. Wait, I don't want to say that I only favor European stuff. I have totally seen amazing American theater as well. <laughs> no, that I, that's very fair. I, I can. I love the fact that you put it as the fact that European playwrights now are trying to break the canon as opposed to perfect it. I love that. And that is a good lead into my next question, which is, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend? Yes, totally. So I saw the one woman show at the Greenwich Greenwich Theater. And then I just, uh, the Sunday, I saw something at the New York Theater Workshop. I will uh, have God. The half have God. Rainfall. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I love that. That's amazing. There's such great theater going on right now in New York. There really is, especially off and off off Broadway. This summer and fall, that's the time to come for off and off off Broadway theater. This is this is our jam. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Basically, everything that I've seen in the last month was really entertaining and and good. Even like, you know, a show that I went to see at 54 below. Great. Great entertainment. You know. Like, I don't know, you come off, you know, you, 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 you get out on the street and there's all the actors and you're just like, you want to go and talk to everybody because they were great. They were fantastic. They were funny. They made your night. We've arrived at my favorite question now to ask guests. And that is, what is your favorite theater memory? I was thinking about that. It's really hard to pinpoint it, but I will mention a couple of memories. First of all, I was kind of abducted by my schoolmates in third grade and they were like, we're doing a show. You should be in it. And I was like, I don't know. And they just kind of like pushed me in. And the next thing I know is I'm playing the witch and I feel high. I just feel absolutely possessed. And I was 10. And so then, you know, after the performance, my mom said, so how did this feel? And I said to her, and I come from a totally secular family and I was 10. I said to her, mom, I was on a God's frequency. I, yeah, I mean that, you know, that, that, that's my theater story in a nutshell. Uh, uh, you exist on a different frequency and your time is not picking. Basically you're not getting older. And I guess like my favorite New York theater memory, and this is maybe just sort of like, you know, like, I, I don't know, I've, I've had a ton, but this is like a flicker. I think it was when we first sold out. There was a matinee. It was my first show that I wrote, Cocktails, Confessions of an Infomaniac. And we're sold out and people had a great time. Like they were supposed to. It was like, you know, a sex romp. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love those though. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Those are amazing. Those yeah. are Yeah, Witch and so Infomaniac. That's my type. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see your next show, The Nymphomaniac Witch. Uh, A.K.A. Into the Woods. Yeah. It's the adult version. I like lost in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Can't see the woods from the tree. Yeah. <laughs> phrasing, phrasing. Did we just give up on that? Okay. Thank you so much for sharing those, though. Those really are fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And I can't wait to have you back on to hear your next set of memories, though, because this ah. is amazing. <laughs> and speaking of that, do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? 
Thank you for this question. So Bioadapted is coming up in September. You should all come. It's going to be at Culture Lab September 9th through the 24th. And then to be totally honest, yeah, we kind of maybe want to go on tour with it. Next year, we're literally planning on creating a sequel with basically all the new material. And we have been updating as we speak, you know, just in, in the midst of the SAG-AFTRA strikes, we literally added a whole new layer to the show and wrote new scenes that are based on that, that show how actors would be impacted in the future by, you know, the unfair AI usage and stealing of somebody's digital double, basically. And then next year, you can, you can, we'll do another science in theater festival, which has been a yearly endeavor for the past two years, we're going to skip it this year because we're doing bioadapted and that requires all of our energy, but it's coming back next year. That all sounds amazing, though. I can't wait. The sequel is going to be incredible and it'll be interesting to see where we are a year from now, too. Totally. So kind of building on that, if our listeners want more information about bioadapted or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Yeah. So I would say, please follow us on Instagram at Transforma Theater. We're super easily accessible. <laughs> and you can also go to our website and there you will find our email and just shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Wonderful. Well, Tiasha, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and chat and this has just been wonderful. I don't want this to end. I have a million more questions and I want to hear a million more stories this has just been wonderful. So I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to see the show. Congratulations already on it because it sounds amazing. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Andrew. This has been such a pleasure and such a trip. I love talking to you. And I can't wait to see you at the show and then have another chat about it. Yes, yes. I'm yes. excited. I can't wait. Me September, too. here we come. <laughs> Me too. My guest today has been the creator and director, Tiasha Ferme who's with Transforma Theater and their presentation of Bioadapted playing September 9th through 24th at Culture Lab in Long Island City. Tickets and more information can be found at eventbrite.com. You can also follow Transforma Theater on Instagram at Transforma Theater or at their website, transformatheater.com. And of course, that's theater with an R-E. But make sure you run, don't walk, to get your tickets now for Bioadapted, playing September 9th through the 24th. It's a brilliant show. You don't want to miss it. It's very relevant, especially with all the technology advances going on right now. This is a show that I really think you should not miss. It's This is one of those shows we're going to look back and be like, hey, we all needed to see that if we didn't go see it already. You know what I mean? So make sure you get your tickets for Bioadapted September 9th through the 24th at Culture Lab in Long Island City. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Okay.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. The lights of all-